0: Newat is Now on ESPN Radio. New is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX by Ted Television, and the ESPN app. You missed a thing in the first hour. It was the Montana football hour, and it was all Grizz because the Grizz just keep on winning. We uh, talked all about Montana's overtime win over Furman. Also talked about some of the other FCS playoff stuff. Gave you three big things about the Grizz and also gave you the latest news From the uh, coaching carousel and the transfer portal, the coaching carousel, North Dakota State head coach Matt Entz on his way to USC. He will coach in the game on Saturday here in Missoula. And uh, if the Bison win, I'm assuming he's going to coach in the national championship game as well. But either way, there'll be a new head coach next season at North Dakota State. Also, the NCAA transfer portal keeps on churning. And uh, the best quarterback in the Big Sky, at least in terms of the all-conference awards, Javani McCoy from Idaho, into the portal as is first-team All-League running back Anthony Woods and first-team All-League cornerback Marcus Harris. That's three of the best players in the league, all out at Idaho, less than 48 hours after the Vandals' season ends. So we talked about all that in our number one. You can find it all in the Nuwana's Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, visit msubookstore.org. I told you the story about my little Marshall Thundering Herd Wagon from Red's Bar. But how about this? We also got a 1984 Mirage Bowl program. Why is this of significance? Well, first of all, this was the uh, the last college football game of your career, right, Correct. Coach? So Marty Mornowig in studio with us. His last game as a Grizz, they played in the Mirage Bowl. This was in Tokyo, right? Correct. So this is the program From there, and it's all in Japanese, but it has a whole bunch of familiar faces from, you know, Larry Donovan and his whole staff, like Mike Van Deest and Jim Hogan, to then Joe Glenn is in there as well. And then uh, all the old school Grizz guys, yourself included. So uh, Mike Healy, who's the
1: owner of Red's Bar, he actually gave this to me because he was one of your teammates. Red's Bar is a great, great place in Missoula. They help with my quarterback school as well, Coulter, and now they're helping with your radio show. Mike Heelan's the best. Appreciate the what was this a program? Yeah, right. right. The program of the nineteen eighty four Mirage Bowl. So okay, so how does this how does this work? So I, I think that
0: Grizz fans are so accustomed to the postseason being represented just in the in the playoffs and. The Grizzlies have certainly been there, I mean, more than anybody else, 27 times in their history. But in the 80s, when you were playing, you guys went in 82, right? Yes. And, but then they didn't go back until 89, so, but there was bowl
1: bids up for grabs. How did this work? You guys played Army. so Yeah, yeah. so so a couple things. The playoffs has just been sort of started, the, by the right. way. And, and, and then, 1978
0: and then so, was the first year of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah.
1: so Mike Mansfield... Uh, arrange this. You remember the great Mike Mansfield? In fact, I still have a letter that somebody framed from Mike Mansfield after the ball game because we gave it the old college try against the number nineteen ranked at that at that time Army and uh, you know uh, Boston College and Flutie. I think he threw for a buck twenty five on him. We did a little bit better than that. We had we cut it to seven with a uh, four or five minutes left and so, so we re, we legitimately kind of came back and had a had an opportunity. We went for two to cut it to seven. And so it was quite a game. and we had we had we were forced to throw the ball a bunch against these guys. And I think we ended up throwing for four and a quarter, which back then was a monster amount.
0: <laughs> for sure. Marty Bonaway against Studio. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, probably presented by Stockman Bank. Talking about makes Montana's brand of banking, the Monday afternoon quarterback, is Montana's version of the NFL. Except for this year, we've been talking, and by the way, thanks to our friends at Red's Bar for uh, the help with this fun stuff and uh, taking us down memory lane. We usually spend almost all of the second hour of Monday's show talking NFL, but we've been talking way more college stuff this year because, a couple reasons, one... The Grizz keep on rolling. I know that's what all you guys want to hear about. Coach Barty, been on the, the color commentary for the TV last couple of years, so he's been diving into the Grizz more deep than ever. And uh, also, one of the other four teams that's left, North Dakota State, and your son's there on the North Dakota State staff as well, so you've had
1: sort of an inside look at uh, at both these teams. So Bingo. You know, my wife and I, before the season started, we're discussing, could it be, could it be Montana and North Dakota State right. in the national championship? Well, they got seated in the same bracket, sure. so here we are, the game before the national championship in Washington Grid Stadium. Well, it's going to be so,
0: to me, your your ties aside, it's so awesome for the FCS. Like, I, I imagine this game is going to have massive ratings on television because people around the country, there's some people that like the FCS. It's it's gained a lot of traction in terms of national prominence, but still it's, it's not quite on, you know, like the big leagues. But if you were to ask us the common college football fan, hey, name five FCS teams, they would name North Dakota State and Montana 1 and 2. Those would be the two that they named right off the top. So it's great for the league and the division that they're going to play on Saturday.
1: You're probably right, and it's football. People love football, and I will tell you, NFL players, you know, we've talked about this before, but pregame, the the general rule is the TVs are on uh, until you come in after pregame. So... You know, the fellas get there two, three hours before ball games sometimes. So these games are on. And those NFL players, and, and when Montana's on, I'd be peeking at the TV as well. Uh, but it is, uh, don't, let's not underestimate the FCS and the interest that it has, especially playoff time. I see the lines come out much quicker. In the FCS when it's playoffs, comes out like Monday, it looks to me like, (laughs) on the ESPN app.
0: Well, there's been some great games too, and we've seen like a couple of college football uh, message boards that I follow. that are just kind of general college football message boards. You see all these people that have like Clemson and Florida State logos and stuff by their names, and they're all posting about all these games. I do think it's cool. That's you know I always complain about the night games because it is just such a long day for me. I'm actually just being I'm just trying to be funny. I'm just like Bobby Hawk. We don't actually hate them as much as we maybe say that we do, but. These are drawing big audiences, and I think people are really getting into them. I think there's a bunch of reasons for it. I think more people are betting on the game, so that's better or worse, whatever, but it still brings an audience. But also, the games, especially the late games, have been such good games. I
1: think people have been enjoying them. Oh, fantastic. If you remember, the first two rounds, all, six out of eight home teams right. won. The second the second round, I believe it was all seven of out all of eight. All of them except North Dakota except State, Except North right? Dakota State. Then last week... Only two out of the four home teams won. You had you had two road victories. Why? Because you were down to eight eight teams, and all those teams, the top ten or twelve in the FCS, are really really good. And you talk about parity in the NFL on any given day, and in the top eight, anybody can beat anybody, which we've seen. So that uh, just adds to the excitement that's going on on the field.
0: Well, Friday night in Missoula is certainly an exciting game with Furman in town. I, I got to give the Paladins a bunch of credit. They came in, and they were absolutely not scared. They uh, they were ready for a fight. They picked a fight. They got into it, and they stood toe-to-toe with Montana. But then at the end of the game, uh, Grizz came up with a couple more big plays. That But, I mean, what a, that was a great college football
1: game. You have to give them credit. Have to. They were one and two-point play away. For sure. From going cross-country in Washington Grizz Stadium on the road with the noise. They were one two-point play away from flying on that plane with a victory. Now, I will say that two-point play where the false start occurred, I think the Grizzlies were all over that two-point play. There was no way that uh, I I thought they had any chance at all of scoring. Uh, So I thought they got lucky by getting the uh, false start on themselves and kicking the PAT and sending it into overtime. Well, this is one thing you've taught me. You said this all year long. You say, if
0: you're a a, a big-time underdog on the road and you come in, the longer the game goes on, the more that the odds are against you. So if you have a chance to win, you got to go for it. So when when they scored, I was like, they're going for two. Andrew's like, oh, they're going for two. And then they rolled out. I was like, oh, man, this big time, this big time. But you're right. I think the Grizz had it covered up. But I mean – if they wouldn't have fallen, certainly that's the right move to go for two there. If you're Furman,
1: right? Oh, absolutely. The strategy uh, was there for them, and uh, I. Uh, you go back to North Dakota State at Montana State, right? I was asking my son after the ball game, "Were you thinking about going for two in regulation down right. there?" Right. And they, they, Bobby K said it was discussed, and we decided to put it, try to stop them within the last two minutes, put it into overtime, try to stop them. Why? because Malat was injured. So that's a good reason why not to go for it. Plus, uh, that was a little tighter spread uh, than, than this one that we're talking about with the Grizz and the you know, that's a that, that's a group of knights, right? Right. Uh, old school knights. I love that. You got the paladin. You got the grizz. You got the bison. I mean, these are great nicknames great right? Nicknames. and mascots. I mean, that might be putting some eyeballs on the TV as well. For sure, and Great Danes from, from Albany. Great Danes. I love the Great Danes. <laughs> I mean, that, like like Andrew said, they need to get a live mascot. Wouldn't that be cool <laughs> if they roll out there with a the Great Dane? I mean, that would be pretty sweet. if they, I think uh, the Grizz should have our. Award winning mascot, right? Best in the country, But a little blood coming out of the teeth, you know, sure. after he ate some salmon or something like that. You see. <laughs> um Furman,
0: one thing I thought that and this this is gonna be adjustment, I think. We're gonna get into the Montana NDSU game here in a minute. But one thing I thought Furman showed that Montana's gonna have to mitigate a little bit. Montana widened their splits about two months ago on the offensive yeah. line and it helped them with a lot of different stuff. Getting the quarterback out on the edge, pass protecting, stuff like that. Well, Furman. Saw that and they took advantage of it by shooting the gaps and selling all the way out on the running backs. Right. So, I mean, what'd you think of that sort of game? That was great coaching on Furman's part. Yeah,
1: well, we talked about that weeks ago. Oh, okay, you give up something to get something. Something now, I've got. I'm I'm a favor in favor of wide splits. But what do you give up? You give up somebody. Uh, it, right in the gap and jetting up the field, uh, you do gain some angles, but, but you lose a little bit of, of slanting, uh, path protection of games, yeah. TEs and twists and all those things. So you give up just a little bit to gain something, uh, and they gained it big. So, so in the NFL, you have to be real strategic when you're widening your splits and it better come as a surprise. Cause if you do it more than like twice, somebody's going to get into that gap, some type of 325-pounder, right. and hitting it uh, vertically up the field. Uh, so that uh, the, the adjustments come much quicker in the NFL on those type of things.
0: Well, and you saw that in this game on Friday night because Furman was selling out against Eli Gilman and Nick Osmo. Neither one of those guys had a run for more than six yards. Gilman only finished with two yards rushing on ten carries. But the give and take was they were selling out of the running backs – but then Clifton McDowell was able to pull it and in the quarterback run game, he went nuts and rushed for 120 plus yards. So that, yeah. that's kind of the 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 result of Montana taking advantage of what they gave, right?
1: Yeah, I tell you we we were up in in uh, Debbie and Brad Danick's box with Kim and Kevin Sheehan and Bill and Dory Johnson and Phyllis and Glenn. What a box that is. And we were watching the football game, and even though, even though Furman. Was four of twenty-one on third down and only two of four on fourth down. They were still within one play of winning the ballgame. <laughs> you have to give that team a little credit, and if the score doesn't look like it. The Montana defense is rocking and rolling. For sure. Now they've got to they've got to eliminate uh, the the few big plays, the big plays that yeah. they allowed. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, Furman had four yards. Per pass attempt, which is like half of a decent game, and they had something like 2.8 yards rushing per attempt. I mean, that's a hell of a defensive football game. They gave up some scoring type of big plays. So if they clean that up, they've got a real opportunity of going all the way. That's what's funny
0: is you see 35-28 is the final score. You think it's a shootout? Well... The Grizz house a kick and a punt, and Furman had their two two of their four touchdowns on super long plays. No. There was actually twenty
1: three punts in this game, well, <laughs> and two special teams. How about the man? I Why mean, he's are the man. we keep doing this? <laughs> that's what I said. Well, in, I, I, I've been saying since game
0: one. <laughs> right. That's what I said in hour number one. Is especially when you're on a short field when you get when your punter is punting from the end zone.
1: Yeah, that's right. I,
0: if the Grizz can get it to the sideline and get it up the sideline, he's housing it every time. I can't believe yeah. that people
1: keep kicking to him. So here's the problem. The biggest mistake made, I'm just telling you, and it's 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 more rampant than you would ever think, is our kickoff cover team and our punt cover team, we're better than those other people that's right. that allow this to happen. No, you can that's a huge mistake. Right? This they, guy they, you're saying that that's what they, they think. They think, yeah, yeah, they right, think right, we're right, better right, than right. those guys. Right. they right, just played right. that just played Bergen. We're not gonna allow that to happen. Right. And, and and you have to have a plan for Bergen. Period. Done. Complete. Been saying this since week one, been saying this since last year. Don't punt the ball to him. Don't kick off to him. So you have to have a plan. Now I will say I was talking to my wife about this the other day. The NFL directional punters, we were watching a ball game, and they are just fantastic. They'll kick it 45 yards, boom, and that ball lands like one yard out of bounds or one yard inbounds. But but the college kids are not quite like that. Uh, and if you, But if you can pin Bergham uh, between, let's say, the numbers and the sideline right. with a very high punt, you've got to get, get some air on it. Your odds of trapping them there near the sidelines go way up. So I would suspect that North Dakota State, both these teams are really well coached. They're really talented, really well coached. But I suspect North Dakota State will have a plan in place. For Bergen, he is that good. He can, It's kind of like a pass rusher who can wreck a game. Don't allow one guy to wreck a game. Well, the really good teams will not allow a returner to wreck the game. And that's what happened to Furman, by the way.
0: What is that on Radio? It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank committing to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. So now the matchup set. Saturday afternoon,
1: 2.30, Washington Grizz. What do you think of NDSU coming here? It's a big ball game. I mean, this is big. These are two talented uh, teams. These are two teams that are very well coached. I talked to my son, Bobby Cade, uh, yesterday. Uh, their head coach is leaving. That for hits. USC, you yeah. talked about that earlier, and I asked him. I said, okay, is that going to pull any of the fucking?" He goes, the last time, the last time before Ence took over, right? the man at K-State. Chris Kleiman. Yeah, right? It's, he it's did bit, it the same way. This he is, took it, the this K-State is, job, and they ended up winning the national championship. This is actually crazy. So this was within three days of each other
0: on the calendar, This is the third time. So between December 8th and December 11th, that little span, and the NDSU head coach has taken a bigger job – when they're in the midst of a national championship run. In 2013, it happened on December 8th. Craig Bull took the Wyoming job, and then coached the following week, and they won, and they went to the national championship game. Same thing with Chris Kleiman. So, like you said, there's precedent. This is three head coaches in a row that have taken their next job within the midst of the playoff run, the last two went on to win the national championship.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then usually they hire within, right? they do time a, and that's, time that's again. That's all they've ever really done is, yeah. is hire within. Uh, yeah. Why? Culture. Right, Culture eats everything else up. They want the same culture and uh, offensive coordinator, Tyler Roll, who you'll see in here. Yep. I know him just a little bit. Yep. Uh, this man is in uh, the North Dakota High School Hall of Fame. He's in the North Dakota State Hall of Fame. Yep. He's in the College Hall in Fame in that state. And this guy has been there his whole life. He grew up there. He played there. I believe he was one year uh, with the Seattle Seahawks, and then back as right. a graduate assistant, and then and, and then an assistant, now the coordinator. Uh, so I suspect uh, that they will hire, they will make an announcement within, let's say, before signing day. When is that, December 20th? December 20th is when the early period opens. I would suspect yeah. several days before that, yep. there will be an announcement, and I'll be shocked, shocked. If Tyler Roll isn't uh, next North Dakota State Bison head coach,
0: I-, I will be shocked as well. That was exactly my first thought. I said, "Oh, okay. Well, Vince is leaving. They're just going to boost Roll up. He's like the guy that's next in line, and and uh, so we'll see." But there's also been rumblings. Maybe Montana State head coach Brent Vegan is in that mix as well. He's also why would
1: that occur? That- that's exactly what I thought. That's, that's he's
0: fun. he's an NDSU alum and he's been there, but I don't think he's going to go back because he hasn't been there in more than ten years. So I why think-
1: would you go from a uh, top five or eight or ten? at FCS to a different to FCS. Right. Uh, you know, right. it's, a, it's like about the most lateral move you can do. Uh, no, totally. I mean, I, I now if you're going up. Now, you know, that brings up one other thing. I've seen a couple of coaches at the FCS level, you, you know, go take an assistant job right. at a 1A school. So Coach Hans... Uh, What a fabulous coach. I mean, he's won two national championships as head coach. He's won as an assistant, as a coordinator, all there. But he he went five years as a head coach there, two national championships. Then before that, he was an assistant and defensive coordinator. He's been there 10 years. So there was five as an assistant. And uh, maybe he just doesn't think it's going to happen out of there like it did for the prior coach who went to K State k State's a hell of a job that guy's doing a heck of a job yeah, climate a great yeah yeah climate so uh um, maybe he thinks he needs to get to the 1a level to have an opportunity he's been through some interviews you know for some of these jobs and maybe maybe that's the feedback uh that he's getting I also thought this this is just total speculation
0: on my part but I know that there's a, a large contingent of people that support North Dakota State from both booster and fan perspective that want the Bison to move up. And I know that Coach Entz, he was vocal about that. He said, I think that we, we've we reached the point where we should be exploring at least opportunities to move up. And so I wonder if he just thought, well, uh, w- there's nowhere really for us to move up to at this exact moment. So you know, I, I, think, I wonder if he was just waiting a little while to see if he could get an FBS job by staying at his current job. And then yeah. he's like, okay, well, maybe I'll go somewhere else. Pretty hard to turn down USC though. That's also a pretty, uh, pretty sweet gig. Yeah, money
1: talks sometimes. No I'm doubt. sure it's no at least triple of what he's making. But, but look, it it, it may be it may be a situation where Coach Hens uh, is, is going. Okay, I've done everything I can possibly that's right. do well, and here. That, and that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, I'm not getting an right. opportunity, so it's time. Right. Because Craig Bull, he
0: was there for I think 13 years. Yeah. He took him from D2 to D1. Then they were sort of middling D1 to the, you know, upstart D1 to elite D1, three-time national champions. Great. He elevated it. Then Kleiman's whole deal was, okay, let's just sustain it. And then he did. They won four out of five. Next. What can ends do? all you can do is win national championships. That's right. I mean, they lost two games in a row this year, and people thought that the whole world was ending. And look at them now; they're still sitting here in the final four. So you wonder if he kind of just got tired of that too.
1: You know that that brings up a good point. They've been through the Bison has has been through a little adversity. They have through the year, and it was kind of that melody. Against really good teams, by the way. For sure. And then, are they not playing their best ball down the stretch? Are the Grizzlies not playing their very best ball down the stretch? Uh, Well, I'm not sure they played all that great. But you have to give Furman some of the credit. For sure. Uh, But it was a much better matchup than I thought. I I was impressed with the Furman's quarterback. Without him, they don't score hardly any points. I thought he was pretty good. But what a matchup. This is going to be, I would suspect, this is the way the, the, the game's going to end up. It's going to be one turnover or one great play that oh. a team makes or an individual makes. It might even be a little bit of a bounce of the ball that, that ends up deciding this football game because both of these teams are, are, are really, really good. I will say Montana has the advantage big time but because they've been at home. Yes. And North Dakota State played one game at home in the playoffs, on the road, on the road for a second time. And this is three weeks in a row that they are on the road in somebody else's stadium. You know, in the NFL, that occurs about once uh, every 20 years for a team, maybe even longer than that. It just doesn't happen because it's so difficult to go on the road back to back to back. So we'll see what happens in this ball game Saturday. I believe two thirty Mountain Time. Am I right? That's exactly right. I'm getting
0: right. all juiced up here, oh, baby. I hope everybody else is too. Like I always say, I don't have a dog in the fight, but I am. This is my hometown. I really hope that everybody shows out in full force because to be in the national semifinals on national TV with the premier program in the country in town. We got to sell this place out, man. Go get your tickets. They're only 35 bucks. This is a heck of a deal. This could be as good of a college football game as there will be played in 2023.
1: So I was at the last ball game in yeah. Danix box, like I told you. So, but I was looking down there at that South end zone. Yes. And it was a little, I mean, it was pretty much sold out, but down there in that end zone. It went, and so I'm asking a couple of the, the fellows and they go, okay, look, look, it's December. So it's holiday time. Yep. And they're spending a lot of money. On Christmas that's already, right. right. they've they already bought their season tickets, and now playoff day, you know, and then it's cold, right? You, you know,
0: so and Friday night, it's harder to get off of work uh, and get down Friday here. Night, you yeah. know, you got people that drive in from town. Yeah, you know the so, ho- the hotels. You know, that's a, that's a one thing that's I think I mean it's expensive to stay in a hotel yeah. in Missoula. That's a, that's a tough deal for people too.
1: Yeah, so I hope. I hope it's standing room over, only in the Washington Grizz Stadium, and it is loud and rocking. It looks like North Dakota State is a little bit better uh, in a noise and in, in, in with a noisy. And I guess the one positive is they've been there. They they've been in loud places. Yes, for sure. Even this year. Or so I mean, the last two weeks they've been. But in it won't be. Loud. None of them will be no, this loud. That's exactly. This right. is a little different here in Missoula, Montana.
0: Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mordewig. Stockman Bank is in 40-plus uh, locations around the state of Montana. They're in Montana and only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. More on this uh, and actually more on the NFL as well. Keep it right here. New on is now ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do?
1: We don't cut diamonds, (laughs) okay? Yeah, but we can facilitate that. (laughs) It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible.
0: Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life.
1: Oh! On on one ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: My spotify rap for the year is, either all the shows that were in Missoula, songs by all those artists, or, just a bunch of country-western music. You know, if we're listening to country. It's because the man's in the studio. Marty Mortowick with us. It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Barty. It is Montana's brand of NFL presented by Montana's brand of banking, Stockman Bank. Okay, we're going to get in the NFL, but I have one more question for you about the college ranks, Coach. University of Idaho uh, lost their playoff game on Saturday. And uh, then today, there are three best players into the transfer portal. Javonna McCoy, who was the first-team All-Big Sky quarterback. Anthony Woods, first-team All-Big Sky running back. And Marcus Harris, first-team All-Big Sky corner all into the uh, transfer portal. What, what do you think of this? Yeah, Not just necessarily the specifics of them, but just in general the fact that I mean they were just an Elite Eight team, and now they're just out? I, it just seems crazy to me.
1: Uh, well, that's too bad for the Vandals of Idaho. Uh, I would say this. It is really, really good for a select few of these players. Right. It is really bad for many of the rest of them because right. they jump into the portal, and maybe they're on scholarship somewhere. They jump into the portal, and they get nothing. They end up with no scholarship, going to walk it on somewhere, and many of them do that. There was a time where I believe it was a year or two ago, I looked it up, there was over 3,000 for sure, fellows that were still in the portal and it was really late, and as uh, like eighteen hundred of them ended up at, at a spot. So, I, I I that's what I suspect. Really, really good for a select few, and they get paid an awful lot of money through yep. this NIL. Yeah. But then these other fellows, and then, and then and then the only negative I have is that uh, Tom Brady would be a good example, and there's literally right. hundreds of those in the NFL. They gutted it out, right, and stayed, and it makes you even tougher at the end. I think both mentally and physically. So we're missing just a little bit of that with this transfer transfer portal. As soon as they need to figure out a way to regulate some of the stuff,
0: because right now there's some stuff that just isn't regulated, like when guys are jumping into the portal a day after their season's over, and then the next day they're tweeting out how they have. 10 offers. It's you know. because they were getting recruited before they actually even entered the portal. That's where the regulation needs to come in. Cause now a lot of these big schools, they're using third party recruiting firms to contact these kids. So it's technically not illegal, but they're saying, Hey, we'll give you this amount of money. when you just, you know, if you come here and then they're jumping in the portal right away.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'm really don't like regulations. All right. <laughs> I hate them, but in this case, you. I think there needs to be a little bit because here's what's happening. Uh, it's behind the scenes like you just said. Right. I mean there's guys that are still playing. Right. Multiple guys for sure. on each team that are still playing for sure. that have in the back of, of, of the bar room there there's other people that are making deals for these guys and these guys know about it, right? And it and it's out there, it's pretty common knowledge. They're still playing for their team and they've been offered six figures. From some one exactly. A team, that has to stop. That uh, that that there should be big time penalties for something like that occurring until the season is over. All
0: right, let's talk some NFL. I, I got to say, uh, I, I will walk back a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not willing to walk back all the way. We do now have to take the Dallas Cowboys seriously. They beat a great team last night, and they beat the absolute tar out of them. They they killed the Philadelphia Eagles last night on Sunday Night Football. It was very impressive. Their offense is really, really efficient. Uh, You're a West Coast offense guy. I think that the way that Dak Prescott has really settled into that, and, and the way that they're using playing to his strengths and he's playing to his receivers and running back strengths, they're a they're real deal on offense. I still am not ready to say that they're even the favorite in that division or that they could be a team that makes a, a great playoff run, but I said all week last week, hey, they've only beat up on the bad teams. Well, now they beat up on a good team last night. So, uh, a big step for me, at least, in the for inter- when it comes to the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, it looks like they beat up on a really good team that didn't play very well at all. That's right. Uh, the Eagles have been disappointing uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, I will tell you, the Cowboys... Uh, they're, they're playing fabulously. I mean, they are rocking and rolling. They've got the offense going. They they they, they can control a game with the running game. They've got an excellent passing game. And they've got big play capabilities. Their defense is very, very good, with few exceptions. I mean, all these things are with few exceptions. The problem with the Cowboys is those few exceptions come at the wrong times. That's right. Uh, you know, in the playoffs. Uh, I was in Philly for a decade, and I think the Cowboys had won one playoff game. And they were always, every year, one of the more talented teams. For sure. And so, uh, but that's why I look at it and I'm, I'm sort of biased towards the Eagles. So I'm hoping that they find their mojo. It's kind of like the the golf swing. You lost your golf swing. They, they got to go, go find it. Go find their mojo just a little bit and, and get back on the same page. I will say these, there's four weeks left. Now we're really yeah. down the stretch. So a lot of things, uh, will be shown uh, to, to, to the fans these last four weeks. If the Cowboys are to actually do anything outside of the regular season,
0: they they have to win that division and get a couple home games because that's been the whole thing. They are, they've won 26 in a row at home now. Yeah. They're, they're great at home. It didn't start out that way, though, with that dome that they no, built. It's, it's true, but but the last couple, but now they are The last three years plus they've been they've been pretty much unbeatable at home. Yeah. that's the thing is if they don't win the division, they'll be the number two team in the division, which means they'll have at the most one home game and probably then have to go on the road. And I'm still not convinced that that team can go into San Francisco or Philly, you know, maybe Detroit and and win. So it's still a lot out in front uh, of the Cowboys when it comes to the Eagles. They were. They were rolling, then they were finding ways to win, and then they kind of hit this this giant wall, and they've gotten blown out the last two weeks. What's next for them?
1: Yeah, they're a talented team. I mean, they're I just, incredibly talented. And now, look, at if 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 they win uh, three out of the next four, possibly all four, which I think they probably likely will do, they're yeah. that talented for of sure. a team. For sure, right? They just got to get their mojo back, put it together, right? They're going to be playing at their best, uh, uh, you know, going into these playoffs. Uh, now, every game for the Eagles means an awful lot because it could end up meaning home field advantage for, for the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, they've got to put it together. And I expect them to be playing really well heading into the playoffs. Let's see if the Cowboys can continue that because all of a sudden if they stumble once or twice, then, then they're not playing their best heading into the playoffs. And usually, not always, there have been some outliers, the teams that are playing the best going into the playoffs end up playing really well
0: we saw a couple of the teams that were sort of the top of our power rankings early stack a bunch of wins early mm-hmm. and a lot of them have now sort of hit some skids and that, that's not that uncommon for this time of year in the NFL. But right now I'm only willing to say really that there's two teams that are in that top tier that are also playing really well at this exact moment. It's the 49ers and the Ravens.
1: Yes. The 49ers, man, when they're healthy, <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I think they can beat anybody. Uh, but they've got to remain healthy because they've got some really, really elite players For sure. at important positions. Yep. And if one or two of those guys get, they're a whole different type of team. So that'll be interesting to see if those guys can remain healthy. Because that's the only thing that's gotten them in the past several years is injuries.
0: Baltimore, though, has been really interesting to watch because they have had a whole bunch of injuries. Oh no, Beckham yeah. has been in and out. Yeah. Mark Andrews got knocked out for the year. They're big tight end. Their running backs have been like a constant rotating door and they still keep finding ways to do it. And they've done it sometimes when Lamar Jackson balls out like he did yesterday. And they've also done it sometimes when he's been okay they, they are maybe the most multifaceted team in yeah. the AFC to me.
1: Yeah, I, I was disappointed in their defense because their defense is really, really good. They oh, gave yeah. up too many points, uh, you, you know, this sure. weekend. I mean, it's just that simple. But then their offense takes over. You sort of, you sort of take care of everybody's weaknesses. If, if, if one unit's not playing as well, the other unit must play spectacularly. And that's what the Ravens offense did to kind of cover up uh, the defense, giving up that many points. The other teams
0: that, and I do think the Eagles, if they can just, all they need is one win to get right back yeah. there, and then I still have them in my my top tier there because I still think they are one of the two or three best teams in the league, uh, talent wise. They are
1: yes. Uh, There's some other talented teams, uh, but I'm I'm surprised because the Eagles have dropped two in a row, and right. you still have them up there. Uh, but I, I just think that as the con- calendar continues to go. If you got the best fronts
0: in football, and I think that they have one of the two best fronts on both sides of the ball in football, I mean, I think they have the best offensive line in the NFL, and I think they have one of the three best D-lines in the NFL, that carries all the way through, especially when you get into late December, early January.
1: Yeah, I would suspect that you are probably going to be right, Nostradamus. (laughs) See? Huh? You're predicting the Eagles on a big-time run, and I I would probably side with that.
0: Cowboys are on the rise. They're almost into that top tier. I probably should have them in the top tier since they beat the Eagles last night. But like I said, I think that they still have some room uh, if they want to get home games. Other teams that are on the rise, the Bucks are kind of on the rise. That division's not very good, but they've won three in a row, and they might be able to go steal it. I mean, if they get to 10-7 and seven with, you know, Baker Mayfield
1: off the street, that's not a bad year for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, going into the season, I thought they had a chance because their defense was so good. Their defense was the, the defense let them down early. Yeah, for sure. Now they're playing a little bit better, yeah. and they got Baker. I just, I that thing in my mind always just, uh, Baker may blow up one of these days right, right at the wrong moment for the Bucks. The Bengals, we thought were dead and gone. And then how about Jake Browning? and he's playing out of his mind. Out of I will, his mind. I will tell you, uh, sometimes you put a guy in there that hasn't had much experience in for one, two, three games. That's right. He goes really well, then everybody gets film on him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see if he can be sort of like Brock Purdy-ish no, for in his sure. rookie year or something, you know, uh, because every now and then it does. That, that, that player keeps playing brilliantly, and then all of a sudden he's a starter somewhere. You know, well, I'm glad you brought up Brock Purdy because that's the thing.
0: What Browning is doing well is realizing, hey, I got Jamar Chase and I got T. Higgins. I got Joe Mixon. Just get those guys the ball. Don't make mistakes. Like, the first game, he was like 31 to 35. Yeah. He wasn't
1: really throwing the ball down the field. Just get the ball to Jamar Chase and you'll be all right. And it looks easy for him because yes. he's using those type of strategies for sure. that you just mentioned. The other teams that are uh, on
0: the come up a little bit, big win by the Bills yesterday. I thought that was an affirming one. Patrick Mahomes is the one stealing all the headlines because he had a complete meltdown after the game. But for the Bills to get that one, though, uh, that puts them on the right side of it. I mean, what they wanted their team, probably goals and aspirations, to be already out the window. They already lost six games. But... They're, they're definitely reaffirmed in the playoff race. Just at that keep way.
1: battling. Yeah. And they're battling. They've been through an awful lot of adversity. If they can string some back-to-back wins together, they'll be in fine shape heading into the playoffs. Brown's on the rise. How about your boy Joe Flacco, man? Flacco. <laughs> he's got five kids. He's like 38, 39. <laughs> hey, I told him. I texted him the other day after the ball game. I said, you look like you're 26 again. I think this time off. You know, he's been through an ACL, right. a low back right. bump, a major hip injury, a neck injury. I mean, this guy, now I think a little time off. This guy looks fresh. He looks like he's 26. I'm exaggerating, but only a little bit. No. I'm really happy for him. Oh, now
0: they're saying today that they might go back to the other guy, and now Flacco, they'd put him on the practice squad, and like, well, if I'm another team that needs a quarterback, cough, cough, New York Jets, I'm going to go get Joe
1: Flacco again, Well, right? the Jets may not need one now. <laughs> How about that? I mean, I've been rooting for this kid. Oh, man. Uh, and finally, finally. Oh, man. He has a good—he just—it was the second half, really. He, he put together a pretty good half <laughs> of football. Jets, for those that didn't
0: follow, the Jets and the Texans were tied 0-0 at halftime yesterday. Ugly. The Jets hadn't—they scored one touchdown in six weeks. Then they somehow figure out a way to go score four touchdowns in the second half. They scored 30 points after halftime, and maybe that's the blossoming of the resurrection of Zach Wilson. We'll see.
1: Yeah, one of his teammates, and I think you have to do this on occasion, especially when you're having a rough go of it, is one of his teammates said that the quarterback, right, just went, Hey, guys, I'm just going to turn it loose. What else can happen? Right. What's the negative? What, they benched me again right. for like the right. fourth time? Right. You know, and it's a very, right. v- very short career up to date. And so he just sort of turned it loose, trusted his training, trusted his instincts, and then had to put it together a, a brilliant second half. I hope it keeps going for this young man.
0: The, t- the groups I got in the declining category are the Jaguars. That has a lot to do with Trevor Lawrence himself. I think once he gets back healthy, they'll be fine. The Lions, they've... Uh, Hit the skids a little bit. They lost two out of three. Yeah. And uh, didn't look good yesterday against the Bears at all. Uh, the Steelers, that's also a health-related thing. They were not good on offense with Kenny Pickett. They're definitely not good on offense without him. Also, I just don't know how you possibly throw the ball at Mitch Trubisky 31 times when he's straight off the bench. That's uh, ridiculous. And then the last one's the Chiefs. The Chiefs, are, are they're swimming a little bit right now.
1: Well, I can see how you say that. They're not scoring near as many points as they're accustomed to. But I will tell you the difference between the Chiefs. You know I'm biased. Oh, I know. You know. I know. But the difference between the Chiefs and many of these other teams down here on the the, the the Steelers, the Lions, the Jags. The Jags got a decent young quarterback, but he's uh, limping. Is Patrick Mahomes is the difference? No, that's I right. I mean, so they've, they've got a chance. That's right. After, after you know, not scoring very many yep. points, to jump up to one of the better teams. Why? Because their defense is playing pretty good, right? Best that I've seen them play in many years. And they have Patrick Mahomes. They've got to, you've mentioned this many times, they've got to get that skill thing straightened out. They do. That penalty... For, for the kids should never align all sides, but they, they had a new emphasis this year on offensive lining up all sides. I mean, that used to be uh, they'd come over and go, hey, number 18 or whatever needs to move back. I'm going to call it the next time. but But they've called like quadruple the amount there. It's only been 10 or 12 of these calls. Right. But in the past, it was one or two a year. Right. That's why Mahomes was so upset. Is because those things never get called. And then after the fact, you go, oh, it was an epic type of play right. that got called back because you threw a flag before the play got started. So it was one of those deals. I, I see both sides of it. I did not know that there was an emphasis on that this year because 10 or 12 calls in a whole year? I'm, I mean, I'm not sure I've seen another one, uh, so it's still very, very rare to call that. Two Monday Night Football
0: games tonight. We'll go through the lines right after this. Keep it right here. New is Now, ESPN Radio. Visit jshultylaw.com.
1: This is Nuwanes Now. I'm on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula.
0: It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mornowig. If you missed anything on the show, you can find it on the podcast presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M store where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU bookstore. Talked all things college football, Grizz win in the playoffs, into the Final Four, and talked a whole bunch of NFL as well. Uh, go check out the podcast all of your various podcast hosting platforms only got about a minute left coach two Monday night football games tonight both at the same time which is kind of weird Tennessee at Miami the uh, Dolphins 14 point favorites and the Packers are at the Giants Giants are home dogs Packers getting five and a half on the road what do you think of these two
1: go pack go that's my first thought and then the Dolphins in a I would suspect a pretty good blowout type of situation there, but uh, I got I've got Dolphins and Packers, both of them winning uh, reasonably big. Do you think the Packers can make the playoffs this year? Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, if they win tonight, they're seven and six. They're absolutely in the
1: mix, Absol- right? Absolutely. I, you, you, they've got it going just a little bit here. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, at the end, uh, you might lose. You know, some back-to-back games, right? If it happens at the beginning the middle. Now, it usually affects you if it happens at the end, but they're putting it together here, and that quarterback, it looks like they're going from Favre to Rodgers to Love, back to back to back, great quarterbacks. I thought we were in great shape in San Francisco. Montana, young Garcia. <laughs> yeah, This kid looks even better than Jeff Garcia, and Jeff Garcia was way underrated.
0: It's going to be fun to watch... uh this Miami offense as it as they continue to evolve they keep adding new kind of folds to it now they're in this rhythm and they're they're fun they're 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 a fun team i'm still not ready to say they're a true super bowl contender but they're they a contender they're they're right there who are you talking about
1: Miami 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 they're a super bowl contender but it looks like and because they beat up on the medium and poor teams right, right, right. they beat up on those guys like oh, it's just, they have no mercy, you know, but then they play a really good defense, uh, that slows them down a little bit. They tend to lose those type of games. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised though, if they, if they make a pretty good run, Colter. Wouldn't be surprised either.
0: They're, they're the hard knocks team. They're doing in season hard knocks. That just started rolling. So I've been watching that. It's a, It's interesting. They have some fun characters on their team. Tua Tagovailoa couldn't be more different than Tyreek Hill, and that's what makes football great. But <laughs> new quarterback with Coach Marty here on Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back at it tomorrow with another jam-packed show. We'll see you at 4 p.m. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M-Store